0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. We're also brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast Taylor-Made Stealth 2 Driver Giveaway. Head on over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash driver and enter today before the big drawing on April 8th. And finally, we're brought to you by Baseball Money is Fake our Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Join Blake and Ryan three times a week and get all the player breakdowns and statistical data that you need to dominate.
1: Adio DeGenerino, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 323 um let's send this one out to vincent k mcmahon um i for one um i can't remember what the quote is damn it i for one am thankful for our new moustached overlord and i uh can't wait to see what he does with our sport so this goes out to him um it, you that's all i got to say i messed up the total the simpsons line which i just watched make sure i got it right i totally butchered but it's gonna be a good podcast anyhow because my co-host kind of has a voice back so um this is an MMA Gambling Podcast, as the title may have told you. And this week, we've got a doozy, kind of, it's a UFC pay-per-view. Pretty solid card. Maybe not a massive pay-per-view card, but a decent enough card. We're going to get you winners. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. Today is all about the prelims. We've got eight prelim fights that we're going to give you picks on. Um, hopefully, if, a couple underdogs. We'll see if if the dice roll that way or not. And then tomorrow, we'll be back with the main card and our props, and our locks, and our parlays, and our dogs, and all that fun stuff. So let's bring in the co-host, the aforementioned co-host, and see if he really does have a voice or not. It's uh, Daniel Gumby-Vreeland. Hello. I'd say it's like, uh, maybe we're at 95%
0: back. There's still like a little, yeah. there's a little something there. I actually heard from a more than one listener uh, who said that they, yeah. they usually don't listen to too much of the beginning. They try to get right to the picks. Um, which I, I, oh, I don't okay, think, great. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but a couple of them said that and they said that they were worried that I didn't make the episode because they heard you talking to somebody
1: else. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's actually good that if they skip, uh, since I butchered this opening, it's probably a good idea if they skip it. I'm trying to do when Kent Brockman welcomed the alien. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Alien overlords. overlords. Ken Kodos,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I got totally it. I got it i know but i totally butchered it anyhow um bits of man and his mustache what more can we say um as long as he doesn't right? mess with it's their money it's
0: a bad thing whatever it's a bad thing what it's a bad the thing mustache? that mustache yeah, yeah it's not good
1: well he looks like the way he lives basically He looks like a guy who would, be, who would be uh accused of rape and a bunch of other horrible things does it does it not look like a villain yes so yeah he, well, he,
0: uh, he's got real villain vibes about him
1: and he'll fit right in with Dana White. It's you know a perfect combination. So
0: I can't imagine. Um, I- I'm going to be honest. I-, I don't think those two are going to get along. <laughs>
1: no, I know two alphas, button heads. Yeah, yeah they- they're not going to like so.
0: each other. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But M- McMahon is a savage, and Ari Emanuel is a beast. So as I, as I'm like glad. Dana White I'm so glad for that quote." quote so. <laughs> you don't get too many CEOs saying stuff like that in official press releases, do you?
0: I have never seen it, but, you know, I'm not also reading very many
1: CEO uh, press releases. No, that's true. He's too busy eating gas station cookies. That's right. Right? You know me. Sounds like you're still (laughs) eating it. Are you still eating it? I'm all done. I I swear to God, I'm done with my gas station cookies. I'm doing a little typing here.
0: I'm trying to catch up on my spreadsheet.
1: All right, fine. Oh, yeah. You still have to send me all your results so I can put you uh, when I was away so I can. uh... Did you do good while I was away? No, terrible. (laughs) <laughs> well, definitely send me your results then for sure. I this did well. First... I
0: did well mm-hmm. on the, the. I did well on the the regional MMA, which I'm now up to uh, uh, thirteen hundred dollars profit if you bet a hundred dollars on Whoa. every single one of my regional fights on the year.
1: So. And of course, you know, you, everyone has. so That's good. Everyone. I hope they did last weekend.
0: Now. I hope they did last weekend. Yeah. The, the twelve and one run was was something to be seen
1: it was it definitely was yeah so now you can use all that money on ufc this week because we got some ufc picks for your ear holes um as said off the top we're gonna do prelims today which is there's eight of them and apparently people don't listen to any of this part anyway so we probably should <laughs> do that <with> that, right? <laughs> uh, that's what i'm gonna take that with everyone that, that, some that's some people I'm, listen. Gonna, I'm sure that's how i'm people. gonna handle it yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Before we jump into it, though, I'm going to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they are already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's UnderdogFantasy.com prom- promo code SGPN. All right. Picks. UFC 287 goes down Saturday, April the 8th, the Miami Dade Arena in, funnily funnily enough, surprisingly enough, Miami, Florida. Um, have they been to this arena? I'm thinking they haven't, unless the name's changed.
0: Uh, I mean, those arenas changed names enough. They, yeah, they probably fun. have.
1: This, yeah, it probably had a sponsor last time. But anyhow, they're, they're back, or maybe they're there for the first time. Um, it's their second, it's only their second trip to Miami. Did you know that? UFC surprising. 42 was UFC 42 was the only other time they were in Miami. That was well, American Airlines Arena.
0: Yeah, yeah, this 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 is probably their first trip to this one then.
1: Yeah. All right. What was it? Main event? UFC 42. Sudden Impact.
0: Uh, American Airlines four, Arena, Miami, four, Florida, 40. April 25th, 2003. So if it's 42, if it's in the 40s. It's got to be like one of those uh, lightweight or or welterweight guys, right? Like um. We'll, we'll yes, go. Hughes. We'll,
1: we'll go. We'll go Hughes. We'll go Hughes. Yes. You Wow. Yes. Hughes. He de- uh, success- successfully defended his title. It was actually unanimous Hughes? decision. Yep. Uh, all right. Hang on. Let me think. Unanimous so, decision over who
0: you want a unanimous decision. Okay. So that narrows it down a little bit. Cause that means he didn't win by submission or anything like that. 42. So he submitted Dennis Hallman right around that time, but it can't be that one. Who did he beat by decision? Did he beat anybody by decision?
1: He, I can't remember. He
0: did. I can't remember him beating anybody by decision except for like this, Oh, is it no, because if it was for his title, it wasn't Chris Lido. because uh, he beat Chris Lido former by decision.
1: lightweight champion. Oh, Sean Shirk. Yes, the muscle <laughs> yeah. shark. Sean Shirk. That's yep. like the and only was, person uh, he won
0: a decision against in there.
1: Well, Joe Rogan was the lead commentary for this event. Oh boy. Wild stuff. Phil Baroni and Eddie Bravo. Assisting him, wow! I love, I love what a that Motley team. Crew,
0: what a
1: team! Wow, um, Rich Franklin's UFC debut, and a fighter fought on this card who's still in the UFC as far as I remember. Yeah. Oh, I got it. It, it, it could only be Robbie Lawler. Yes, co-main yeah, event. I mean, he lost. Who else, who else to defend? <laughs> yeah. Who Pete else could to defend? He got exactly. All right. No one listens to this anyhow, so that's why I figure we could just have a have a discussion. All right, we're going to talk. About the prelims, early prelims first. Uh, ESPN Plus UFC Fight Pass. Is this a six o'clock start? I think it is. Um, yep. When I checked. Yep, six o'clock start. We're going to start with one of our super fans, uh Jong's favorite fighters. Uh, she is part of his stable. Uh, and She's making a UFC debut in their women's strongweight fight. That would be a Jacqueline Jackie Amirim versus Sam, Sam Page Hughes. Uh, I'm going to tell you about Sam Page first. She is seven and five, two knockouts, three submissions, Knocked out once, submitted once. Two and four in the UFC. However, she's gotten two and one over her last three. However, she lost her last fight. Used to fight up at flyweight. Used to fight up at bantamweight. Two inches taller than Amarim, plus 220. Amarim, nickname Jackie. Uh, six and oh, one One knockout, five submissions. Her UFC debut. She is the LFA champion, or was. Uh, she's a pro grappler. Also a BJJ world champion. Uh, four inches of reach on Hughes. Three years younger, minus 250 easy pick, yeah. right? Yeah, so easy pick. Uh you said minus 450 was the number? No, oh, 250. So it's not that. Oh. High. No, that's wonderful. Um Is that a typo? You're... Does that no, sound no. okay?
0: No, that sounds great. Uh, I hadn't I <laughs> checked the lines and I thought you no, I checked it, yeah, that's, that's right. That's awesome. Um yeah, no, it's it's Jackie Amorium all all day here and I'm going to say this. Here's a fun fact about uh, Sam Hughes that will make your pick go a little easier. Sam Hughes is undefeated in fights where she scores a takedown and she is 0-4 in fights where she doesn't score a takedown and her opponent does. Uh, so it basically, if she holds the grappling advantage, she can win, as she did with Elise Reed and Estela Nunez. But against every other fighter she's fought who can take her down, she loses. Uh, Pierre Rodriguez, five takedowns. Luana Pinheiro, two takedowns. You got Loma Luc Bume took her down four times. And Tisha Torres took her down and finished her. So, uh, yeah, like it, she only wins fights when she can bully you and has a grappling advantage. She doesn't have that here. She is going to be badly outmatched on the mat, especially in terms yep. of submission. I think Jackie Amoreum just takes us to the ground, gets the sub. Uh, and actually, the sub prop was kind of a letdown to me. I thought it was going to be juiced up because people don't expect finishes in uh, – in, in right. strawweight fights, but it's only like plus 120, which is kind of a bummer.
1: That's still okay. Plus money for she's going to win, and that's probably how she's going to win. I see, I see it now. You can get it at plus 155.
0: Oh, that's, I, that's not on a your books.
1: Better. And we're not tied to any books currently, so yeah. Bet Rivers and Unibet both have it at plus 155. Interesting. Interesting. There you go. Plus 150 at Bet MGM. So get in there, people, because um, that's basically what's going to happen, right? Uh, I think so. I, I mean, I can see. She's going to and a pounder, right? No, but I
0: can see Hughes surviving. That That's the only okay, problem yeah. I have with, like, jumping on that prop. It's like, yeah. Hughes hasn't been submitted in the UFC, and she has fought Luana Pinheiro, who I think is pretty damn good on the ground. Um, More on her soon. Yeah, we'll talk about her in a little bit. Uh, yeah. And the only time she's been finished is Tisha Torres, and that was a cut finish, so.
1: Yeah, M- maybe worth a sprinkle, as we like to say, uh, as the, the gens like to say. All right, so we're both in on Emerin. On the money line, at the very least. Let's move to featherweights on the male side. Shailin Nurdambiki. Not how uh, his opponent, Steve Garcia, pronounced his name on your show, Dan. But nonetheless. I think it's Nurdambak, right? Uh, is it Nurdambak? Yeah,
0: the way he okay. said it, I think it's correct. Even though I said it wrong when I first introduced <laughs>
1: Wow. Well, excuse me, Steve Garcia. You know what you're talking about. Listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, everyone. And you'll know what I'm talking about. All right. So this is featherweights. Shailin Nurdambak. That's what you said, right? Versus sure. Steve why not? <laughs> Steve Garcia, is that right? That's correct. Yes, it is Steve okay, Garcia. Okay. Yes. You could call him Mean Machine, though. Uh, he's 13 and five with 10 uh, knockouts. Yes, 10 knockouts. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Two and two in the UFC. He's got a loss, win, loss, win over his UFC career. He won his last fight via TKO. Uh, he used to fight up at, sorry, down at featherweight, up at. No, sorry, down at Bantamweight, excuse me, and up at lightweight. So this is right in the middle. One null in the Caneta series has missed weight before at Bantamweight, but this one's featherweight, so he should be all good. Five and two at Bell in Bellator. 2013 MMA debut professionally. Four inches taller, six inches reach under Dan Beck. Striking stats in his favor, and he's more he's about two and a half times more active landing strikes than Nerdan Beck is. His grappling stats are also better than his opponents this week. Uh his strike differential is very good in the UFC, plus 2.63 strikes per minute. He outstrikes his opponents, uh, despite only going two and two. And he's at plus 180. Uh, Wolverine, he is fighting. Lin, uh, 39 and 10. 19 knockouts, 10 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted six times, three and one in the UFC. He's won three straight fights, last one via TKO. Used to fight down as well at bantamweight and up at Lightweight and up at Welterweight. Two years younger than Garcia. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.76 strikes per minute, minus 181. Give me the dog. I'm going with Meme Machine Garcia here. Uh, much better striker from distance and a underrated grappler. Well, go back to the striking. Um, he's greatly outstruck his opponents, as I said, and he's got half a half a foot of reach uh, to do so here. Plus, he's I think he's an underrated uh, grappler, so never been taken down in the UFC. He hasn't really... Um, Oh yeah, I think he's only stuffed a couple of attempts, but still, nonetheless, and his uh his resume, his UFC resume at least, I like better than the Wolverine. So give me the very nice plus one eighty line on him. Yeah, he he has not
0: faced anybody who seemingly has any wrestling skills. Uh, Chase Chase Hooper, notoriously a bad wrestler. Charlie on Tiveros, uh, weird, tall, lanky guy, Masha Shay, who I don't think had enough time to shoot a takedown before he knocked him silly. Um, and then, uh, violent Bob Ross, who again, you know, tall, skinny dude, like it's literally three tall, skinny dudes and Masha Shay who just like flatlined him. Um, and that's all he's faced. And for that reason, I'm going with shot uh, oh, I, Oh no. Yeah. I, I mean, I sorry, do sorry. like Steve Garcia. He's a great interview. Fun dude. I'm worried about the sub or the the grappling defense because Shaiwan, you know, like I I know you you said you know like uh, he's definitely gonna have trouble with the reach, but he is really good on the mat. I think people sleep on how good he is in the mat. He has won three straight fights, and all three of the guys he's fighting are really good on the mat. Uh, Derek Minner, T.J. Brown, Sean Soriano a little less, and before that he took a a fight with Josh Colabow. And he took Kulabao down a couple of times, which now, in retrospect, let, let's go back to how well that loss aged. Because Kulabao is now beaten Sungwoo Choi and Melsik Bogdazarian back-to-back. So, like, for Xiaoyuan to get a bunch of his grappling going in that fight, man, dude, I, I just think he's going to get in uh, Steve Garcia's realm, get in uh, into the pocket, shoot enough takedowns to to
1: steal a decision here. All right. So, we are differing with one another you went um, you went dog differ- before me so huh? a dog
0: yeah uh, i don't know i took I a dog
1: gummy i i set you up to to uh join me but nope gummy's got enough uh, enough dogs apparently so all right let's go to a catchweight fight ignacio bahamones versus trey ogden this was a hastily arranged fight it was what's supposed to be lightweight does ogden usually fight what well, no he usually fights uh, lightweight right yeah he usually fights he just want to cut he just does want to do a short notice cut, I guess. So we're at plus. Well, so it, at... It's, not, it's not necessarily a short
0: notice cut. He actually cut uh, right. two weeks ago.
1: Um, yeah, right.
0: And that's I think right. he just doesn't want to do two full cuts in three weeks.
1: Yeah, very true. All right, let's tell you about the Samurai Ghost, Trey Ogden. You can hear about his nickname. Yeah, he was on your show a couple weeks ago, Co- right? A couple weeks ago. Yeah, Which when he was he supposed, to Man- yeah, when he's supposed to fight Manuel Torres. Yeah, okay, perfect. Uh, all right, Samurai goes to 16 and 5 with 11 submissions. He's been submitted three times. One and one in the UFC, won his last fight. He's taking this on short notice, as we said, this fight, but he was in a fight camp very recently. He's gone 4 and 1 over his last five fights, including winning his last fight. He went 1 0 in Bellator. He was regional champion. He used to fight at welterweight. He's been outstruck over the UFC by 0.3 strikes per minute. His grappling stats are better than Baja Mondes, plus 280. Lahula is his nickname. Do you know what that means? Or am I saying it Bahula. wrong? J-A-U-L-A. The cage, apparently, is what oh. Google says it is. So Interesting. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, so they're fighting inside of him on Saturday. Right? They're shrinking sure. down. Sure, and sure. sure. Inside of him. <laughs> he's 13-4. Just play along. Uh, nine knockouts, one submission. I did play along. I said, I sure. Know. I, know, I know. Just <laughs> play along. Perfect. All right. 13-4, nine knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted twice. 2-1 and one in the UFC. However, he's won two straight fights, both via finish. He has missed weight a couple times at 155, so maybe this will be uh, as beneficial for him as it will be for Ogden, uh, being able to fight at 160. Uh, One in all the Canelo Series, used to fight at 170 pounds, watch weight, was a regional champ. He's got four inches height, three inches of reach on Ogden. He's eight years younger. His striking stats are better, and he's over two times more active landing strikes than Ogden is. He's outstruck his UC opponents by 3.3 strikes per minute, which is a pretty elite rate right there. And speaking of threes, his number is minus three, three, three. Go ahead. My turn. Yes. I love the dog. Give me Trey Ogden. Oh um, my goodness gracious.
0: Yeah. Love the big fat number on him. Uh, For a couple of reasons. Uh, Baja Mondays. Definitely a fun striker. You know, he, he showed, he's got a, a few sub skills, especially when he tires somebody out and they're shooting desperation shots. But I think people sleep on just how good of a grappler Trey Ogden can be like, he was out grappling JJ O'Connorovic on looking for a fight which is no small feat. Uh, he, he got the better of a lot of grappling exchanges with Jordan Levitt. Um he, he completely out gra- grappled Daniel Zelhover. Like and if you go back and you look at a lot of Bahamundis's early losses, he he's got a few submission losses early and one loss that he took in Kabache by somebody kind of just like out grappling him. And since then in the UFC He's not faced somebody with good grappling skills. You know, we got John Mcdessey, you know, noted striker, stood and traded with him. You got Roosevelt Roberts, uh, you know, a guy who he just pieced up on the feet. Lanky guy, doesn't really get his wrestling going. Zoo Rong is like the closest thing to a grappler as he's gotten. Trey Ogden is a whole different animal. And this dude is big, tall. He's got those long, lanky legs. He loves to kick to the body. I think Trey Ogden just going to catch enough of him and grind him out here.
1: All right. I do not uh, give me the favorite here. Um, bigger, younger, better striker. You know, that's that's catnip to me. So give me uh, and plus a uh, plus 280 dog is catnip to Dan. So we're, we're both uh, reverting <laughs> back to back to type again. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean like <laughs> yeah. Spring, spring is spring is here. Yep. Uh, nature's healing itself. Exactly. We're, we're back, back to the way we're supposed to be. All right. But we're disagreeing. Mom and dad are fighting again. All right. Uh, before we draw before we uh, plow on with the rest of our picks here, I'm going to tell you about another giveaway. Like, we don't give away enough on this network. We're giving you away, giving away more. We're giving a driver away to you. We're brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast and their TaylorMade Driver Contest. The contest is completely free to enter, and you have a chance to win an awesome TaylorMade Driver. The drawing will take place on Sunday, April the 8th, very, very soon. So make sure you get in by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. So that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash D-R-I-V-E-R in case you're a gen that doesn't know how to spell. All right. Will we go back in the same page in the early prelims main event? Yes, we are. I've already heard your pick here. I think uh, women's straw weight, <laughs> Cynthia Cavillo versus Lupita Godinez. Um, I'll tell you about Calvio first, nine, five and one, two knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out twice, six, five and one in the UFC. She's lost four straight fights, has not won since June of 2020 has missed weight at this weight class, straw weight three times in the past officially. Um, Used to fight at flyweight. This is her first. This is her first time back down, right? After losing nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is her, her first time back. Yep. She's two inches taller, three inches of reach on Godinez. She's more active landing strikes. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by 0.21 strikes per minute, and she's at plus 250. Loopy Godinez, eight and three, one knockout, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. Three and three in the UFC. She's gone two and two over her last four. She did lose her last fight. She has also fought at flyweight. She's got multiple regional championships on her mantle. Get the t-shirt in sportsgumbypodcast.com slash store. There you go. Um, six years younger than Calvillo has outstruck her UC opponents by a half a strike per minute. Her grappling stats are better Minus two seventy. Uh, even though Gumby played up her being from Mexico, we really know she's Canadian now, Dan. <laughs> and, and obviously I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I, I can't pick Cynthia Calvillo in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, all she does is lose fights and miss weight and uh, she's going to get out grappled uh, by a very ferocious uh, Loopy Godinez here. So give me Godinez.
0: Yeah, there's so many things working against Calvijo here. First of all, she couldn't make straw weight when she was fighting there in 2019, right? Like that's why she moved up. We're we're now four years older and suddenly we're going to start making straw weight again. Uh, like it, sh- she's not... She's not particularly young. She's 35 years old and, and hasn't tried to make that weight in four years. So, like, that's a big alarm right there. And then my second piece of alarm here is that, like, the reason flyweight was so hard for her is because she couldn't bully her opponent, right? She she had to, <laughs> Even though she got takedowns against Nina Nunes, she couldn't bully Nina Nunes and lost that decision. Same thing with Andrea Lee. Like, she tried to shoot a bunch of takedowns and they failed. She got TKO'd. You know, she she got bullied by Jessica Andrade rather than the other way around. She couldn't get Caitlin and down like she struggled with controlling the realm of the fight. She doesn't close distance. Well, she doesn't finish her takedowns. Well, unless you give them to her and she could be up against Lupita Godinez, who has great takedowns. She trains with the Canadian national team and her sister, who is a wrestler like th- this is the worst matchup going down a weight that you could have possibly dealt with. Because Godinez has also fought up at flyweight and dealt with some size up there and done so better than Calvijo does. So, you know, I'm really worried about how Calvijo deals with distance and especially how she deals with takedowns. So, yeah, uh, give me Godinez here.
1: Yep. Everything Gummy said is is true. Uh, I guess that's why she's at minus 270, unfortunately. All right. Let's uh, jump into the main prelims. Heavyweights, Carl Williams versus Chase Sherman uh sherman the vanilla gorilla yes he's in the ufc again 16 and 11 with 15 knockouts he's been knocked out four times submitted twice four and ten in the ufc over two stints. <laughs> oh boy oh boy one in five over his last six including losing his last fight uh he was the bare knuckle fighting championship champion at one point uh based on the last weigh-ins he was 15 pounds heavier than williams he is an inch taller he's three times more active landing strikes is a huge amount. Uh, however, he's been outstruck in his UFC abouts by about half a strike per minute, minus 0.55 this is a strike differential, and he's at plus 380. Williams is 8-1 and one with three knockouts. He's been submitted one time. 1-0 one in the UFC. He just fought March 11th, so he's taking this on very short notice. 1-0 on the Contender Series. He's won five straight fights. He used to fight at light heavyweight. He's got an inch of reach on Sherman. He's got better striking stats. He has outstruck his UFC and Contender Series opponents by 1.17 strikes per minute he has got better grappling stats than Sherman as well. Minus four ten for a guy taking a fight on what a couple weeks' notice. So uh, guess that speaks to Chase Sherman. It does not speak to uh, Carl Williams. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just have to tell you that I'm so bummed out that this is not a Huggy Bear fight.
1: Yes, uh, I know. Because because Huggy
0: Bear at damn near plus two hundred against Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman oh, is yeah. a negative two twenty five favorite. Is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Uh, and it was it was stolen from us in the night. So. Um, yeah, I'm still going with Carl Williams though. And and here's why Carl Williams, if nothing else has been good wrestling. Um, since he moved up to heavyweight for the Jimmy Lawson fight and the Lucas rescue fight, like it, it might not be fun to watch, but my God, is he good at wrestling and good at holding people in position and chase Sherman's lone win in his last seven fights is one dude who forgot that he was supposed to wrestle him. Uh, and Jared Bandera, and he probably <laughs> yeah. would have beat him if he did, Um, because Jake Collier subbed this dude in two and a half minutes. I think Carl Williams gets it done here pretty easily. Give me Carl Williams.
1: Yeah, if there's one thing we know also, Chase Sherman likes to give up once he <laughs> gets, taken, t- gets taken down. 410 was the up.
0: number, negative 410.
1: Yes, minus 410. And like I'm always preaching the short notice stats, short late replacements win 37% of the time. Uh, yet we're, we're, both in on Carl Williams at minus four tangas. that just shows you that Chase Sherman isn't on this level. Um, and Sherman's gonna be way bigger than him too. That's the thing about it, but it should still be. Willie though. Like it seems like Carl Williams is trying to bulk. Well, maybe, maybe we'll see. We shall see in a couple also, of days. It's Chase Sherman. Who cares? I know. <laughs> Who cares? Horrible nickname. Not a very good fighter. All right. Middleweights, Joe Mirchart, a patron saint of the podcast. We haven't talked about him for a while versus Joe. Pfeiffer, Be Like Joe. Um, all right, meershard GM3 or The Machine? Call him either or. Uh, 35 and 15 is Mr. Mirchard. Six knockouts, 27 submissions, so he is a finisher. He's been knocked out three times, submitted eight times, so he gets finished as well. Uh, 10 and 7 in the UFC. He's won four of his last five. He did win his last five via submission. He used to fight at light heavyweight, was a regional champion. 2007 was his pro MMA debut. Got two inches of reach on Pfeiffer. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0. 0.34 strikes per minute. He's at plus 170 body bags. Pfeiffer. It should be B like should be his nickname, but nonetheless, uh, I like 10 body in... bags better with a Z at the end, by the way. So yeah, there you go. Of course. Um, of, course. Of, of course. How else would you spell it? Nope. No other way. Uh, Pfeiffer 10 and two, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. So he's been finishing both of his losses. He's won it on the UFC. He went one and one one, the contender series. So in three straight fights and four of six, all of them via finish, wins and losses. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Get the shirt from the SGPN store. Uh, He's a pro grappler. He's got an inch of height on mirror shirt. He's nine years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by and his contender Series opponents by almost a strike a minute. He's at plus 0.94. He's also on the board at minus 188. Mearshart is tricky. I was gonna say I love this number. Mearshart is tricky. I'm taking Pyfer. I guess I'll hold back and say I love this number, but uh, Pyfer is the pick. Bigger, stronger, more athletic. Should be a should not get himself caught like, uh, which is how Mearshart beats people. People like get sloppy and get caught. Hopefully Pyfer is smarter than that. So give me, be like Joe. Well, and, and like if you want to look at the people who Mearshart beats,
0: right? And I, you know, nobody likes Gerald Mearshart more than I do. But if you want to look at the people he beats. It's people who get tired, can't grapple with him, right? That's it. Uh, people people who can't grapple with him and get tired. Piper, notorious good gra- gas tank. The other thing about Piper, Hensel Gracie Philly, Team Daniel Gracie, freaking grappling skills. This dude is grappling with Sean Brady and Andre Petroski every single day. Gerald Mearshart is not bringing him anything new that he hasn't seen before. Um, And I think his wrestling is actually better than Gerald Mearshart, especially when you talk about the the thing for Piper for me. If you look at when people try to take him down, the way he gets the underhooks on somebody's shots, it's not even that he's sprawling because sprawling really is like the last step to stuffing a takedown. It's the way he digs underhooks so that your shot never even really happens. I, I think that's gonna kill Miershar because Miershar almost has to like he he wants you to initiate the grappling more than anything else. Piper's not gonna do that, especially because Piper's got dynamite in his hands. Whether you want to take his knockout over Amandowski or the one over Ozzy Diaz or heck, go back to when he was winning the CFFC championship, uh, way back when, um, and he knocked out uh, I think it was Austin Trotman that he knocked out back then. Like, he, he's just a guy who has got power in his hands and the ability to force you to feel it. Right. Like he, he is going to make sure that you don't wrestle him. Um, And I think that's a nightmare for, uh, for Mirchar. So yeah, give me Joe Pfeiffer here.
1: Yeah. There's a, you're talking about your gas tanks and stuff. There's a good chance. This isn't going to last long enough for anybody. I don't, I don't fired. think so. Right? I,
0: I think, I think first round here for, for Pfeiffer is totally yep. in play.
1: Yep. Very well. Very well could be, but we'll give you those fancy picks tomorrow. All right. We're both in on Pfeiffer. All right. Uh, what should we move to? Oh, the females again. Women straw weights. Uh, Michelle Watterson Gomez versus Luana Pinheiro, who we mentioned earlier on. Um, and as I said, this is a straw weight fight. I will tell you about Watterson Gomez first. She is the karate hati 18 and 10, three knockouts, nine submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted four times, six and six in the UFC. She's lost two straight. Uh she's only won one of her last five. She did lose her last fight via submission. Uh, her last win, September 2020, uh, used to fight at Atomweight, where she was the Invicta champ, where she went 3-1. Uh, she also used to fight at Flyweight, somehow. Um, 1-0 strike force, 2007 Pro May debut, 0-1 as a pro kickboxer, inch taller than Piniero. She's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.49 strikes per minute, and she's at plus 150. Piniero, 10-1, two knockouts, five submissions, never been finished in a fight. 2-0 in the UFC, 1-0 contender series as part of an eight-fight winning streak. However, she's been out of the cage since November 2021. Injuries? Question mark? Um,
0: yeah, I think it was injuries, if I'm okay. remembering correctly.
1: So she's been out of the cage for, what? Almost two years, not quite. Um, Has not lost a fight since March of 2019. Six years younger than Watterson Gomez. Striking and active striking stats in her favor. She's outstruck her UFC and contender series opponents by over a a minute, 1.09. And she's at minus 162. And it's you. Uh,
0: I'm going Pinheiro. Obviously. Uh, yeah. Like, here's the thing. And I think I've said this uh, in multiple places on my other podcast. And, you know, I, I was on first strike on v again this week. Um, l- look back at the people who have given Michelle Watterson trouble, right? The people who have given Michelle Watterson trouble are the people who could drag her to the mat and, like, body her, right? Like, Carlos Barr's a bodyer. Rose Namajunas took her back, bodied her. Uh, You know, even before Paige Van wound up getting subbed by her, she was, like, moving around and and bodying her. Amanda Lemos subbed her. You know, Marina Rodriguez just said no. Like, I I like Michelle Watterson, but, like, I like Michelle Watterson only if she can sit there and strike. And Luana Pinheiro, which I, I think people forget this about her, she is a judo specialist. She comes from a judo background. And if you look at her stats when it comes to takedowns, Exceptional takedown ability. She took random Marcos down five times and that fight only lasted four minutes. She just like rinsed and repeated, just like taking her down on, you know, whenever she wanted, she took down Sam Hughes regularly. Like, uh, yeah, I I just like really believe in the grappling and the judo game of Luana Pinheiro. Uh, and and I just don't think that like Michelle Waterson has any chance to keep this at distance for more than like six seconds.
1: Yeah, the only real concern is how long she's been out of the cage, but this is a good matchup for her to to step back in on. Yeah, um, they they knew what they were doing because I think they liked yeah. Beniello. Yeah, yeah, I can uh, I can see that with with this matchup for sure. Minus one sixty two, good number. Do you think she gets the submission? Um, Water Gomez has been submitted four times, so forty yeah. percent of her losses come via submission, so might be worth the sprinkle, right? Yeah, it might be. Although she's got a fair number of finishes with her
0: hands too.
1: Oh, you want? Um, which which is worth
0: noting. Oh, two. Two. two, two of them. Two and, knockouts, five submissions. And in her most, her two most recent, two, which is worth noting. Right. Okay. Um, which, yeah. which makes it, you know, makes me hesitate a little bit. But maybe, maybe her inside the distance is the move.
1: Yeah, maybe it is. Let's see what that number is while I have it in front of me. Uh, Pinheiro inside the distance plus three sixty. Oh man, get on that. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Even though Watterson is tough, but she does get finished. So yeah, like she's been finishing half of her losses. So it's not unheard of. All right. We're giving you uh juicy prop bets, even though today's not the prop bet day. All right. Let's go to the main event of the prelims should be a good one. Middleweights, Kelvin Gastelum, if he shows up versus Chris Curtis. <laughs> he's made it. This is, is this the closest he's made it to a fight? Sure. At this point. Sure. What Wednesday now. It might be sure. in a long yeah. time. Right. All right. Let's about the action man, Chris Curtis. 30 and nine 17 knockouts one submission he's been knocked out once, submitted once four and one in the ufc he won his last fight via knockout he's fight at light heavyweight he used to fight at welterweight multiple reaches championships on his mantle get the shirt one and three in the pfl <laughs> one the contender series 2009 pro may debut two zero as a pro boxer he's an inch taller than gasoline he's got four inches of reach and four years of youth on his side he's over one and a half times more active landing strikes he has been outstruck in the ufc however by 0.557 5, strikes per minute he's got 100% takedown defense i thought i would mention that I'm uh, going up gaslam technically he used to be known as a wrestler right uh he's got he's got wrestling <laughs> skills for sure yeah, yeah yeah uh the action man is at plus 115 is the number on him gaslam 16 and 8 with one no contest six knockouts four submissions he's been submitted twice so he's pretty durable 11-8 uh, with one no contest in the UFC. He's lost two straight and only won one of his last six. He's not fought since August of 2021. He's not won since February of 2021. He used to fight at welterweight. He has missed weight multiple times, twice to be exact. For Actually, what am I saying? Yeah, he missed weight, I guess, at welterweight. I don't think he's missed weight at uh, at middleweight. Uh, four and only ultra fighter and was the champion of that season. 2010 Pro MMA debut. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.29 strikes per minute. He's got better grappling stats than Curtis, minus 120. Give me action man at plus money. This is uh Oh yes. Yeah. He's, he's well-rounded enough and a f- way better uh striker than Gaslam, bigger, younger, all the stuff I like. So definitely give me Chris Curtis. I love uh, getting him at dog money. I think people are fading Chris Curtis just because like he
0: wins a lot by knockout and Calvin Gaslam's never been knocked out. Right. And he's gets out eventually. yeah, that's the thing. Right. <laughs> and like, he is notoriously durable. Yep. But the thing about that is, is look at the you know, like we're talking about the immovable object versus the uh what is it, the immovable object and the uh unstoppable force. Chris Curtis is a guy who anybody who in the UFC has engaged him in striking has been knocked out. Phil Hawes engaged him in striking, knocked silly. Brendan Allen engaged him in striking, knocked out silly. Joaquin Buckley engaged him in striking, knocked out silly. Rodolfo Vieira, they played pitter patter for a while. He wound up winning. Jacker Manson, same thing, wound up losing. Neither of those got into striking exchanges. Can you imagine a Calvin Gasoline fight where he doesn't get into big, scary striking exchanges? Yeah, no, it's, like uh, I, I can't it should happen. I can't. It, he, I can't picture
1: any of his fights at this point. It's been so long, but yeah. <laughs> but he's gonna. Point. My point is, he's gonna throw down. Uh, yep. and, and and when
0: he does throw down with Chris Curtis, I think he's gonna take a nap. Uh, and, and I think Chris Curtis is going to be the one to do it um, to finally turn this around. And I think people are going to realize just how much power Chris Curtis has got.
1: Yeah, you can't. Uh, people who are notoriously durable end up it goes off a cliff real quick once uh, once they aren't durable because it it adds up. They may not be getting knocked out, but it still adds up. Curtis via TKO 410. 4-10. Gummy's got. I may
0: I may here. already have that circle oh, to talk boy, about boy. later.
1: All right. <laughs> tomorrow. You can go back for that, folks. All right. Let me break down, uh, recap our picks here. We both are in on Curtis. We both are in on Pinheiro. We are both in on Pfeiffer. We're both in on Williams. We're both in on Godinez. I have Bajal Mondez. He has Ogden as a big underdog. Uh, He has Nurdan Beck. I have Garcia as a kind of big underdog. And we both have Amarim. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. Tomorrow, we shall be back. UFC 287 main card and all our juicy props and stuff. So, um, this is the part where I tell you all the thing all the places you can find us. Uh, in the Discord, we're always in there slash Discord. We're usually in the fights channel. Um, where else can you find us? Twitter, SGP and mma You can talk to Gumby there, or you can talk to him on his account, Gumby Reeland, or you can talk to me at Jeff Fox, writer. We told you about his other podcast, it's called Top Turtle MMA. And this week, he's got Steve Garcia and Lupita Godinez. Oh, yeah, Lupi Godinez. is true. Who's always um, a treat. Yep. Very true. All their writing is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and get in my pick'em contest and read all the rest of my MMA, MMA. That's that's the sports name. Writing at moneymma.substack.com. All right, back again tomorrow. Until we meet again, I'll remain the Mean Machine, Jeff Fox. My co-hosts, of course, Sam Page, Danny V, <laughs> and will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.